The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock, joined by Colin Drew today. This is our Wednesday morning game-by-game game, uh, NFL DFS show. And unlike last week, we got we got some high totals. We got some competitive games. Uh, you know, we, we have a bunch of studs on the slate. And uh, we have, we, you know, we have injuries that we are, are trying to figure out what they are going to do to teams. Got to figure out if the Chiefs are, are any good or if they're just, uh, they're just <laughs> Derek Gore's team now. So let's, uh, let's start with one of the teams that was on by last week, the Minnesota Vikings at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is most likely getting Sammy Watkins back, which from a um, projection perspective does make things uh, weirder as Rashad Bateman, you know, I think would have been, a clear play at 4,000 um, and, and Hollywood Brown, a clear tournament play at 6,000, but Watkins return does make their passing game a little weirder. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you have a clear read? I think one of the things is just like a clear read on assuming everyone's fully healthy and full go like Bateman. I mean, he profiles as a guy that they just use outside. And so not sure like which of Sammy Watkins or Marquise Brown would move to the slot, but I think we can probably assume that's still three wide receiver sets and it's really like DuVernay and James Proche that get hurt the most by the change. So it definitely makes stacking Lamar really tough. And the Ravens have been passing over expectation and Lamar has the highest ceiling projection out of any of the quarterbacks on the slate. So figuring it out is definitely something that's worth spending some time on. I feel like Bateman still is probably going to be in play, um, but the, the emergence of Watkins definitely is going to spread the target distribution around, which is a really challenging situation. So this year, uh, Sammy Watkins has played 34 snaps in the slot and 209 snaps out wide. Um, and Marquise Brown, I would imagine it, I guess it would make the most sense to move Marquise Brown to the slot just because of his size. He's played hundred snaps in the slot and 265 out wide. I don't think Bateman is like a, a classic slot wide receiver. He's played 11 snaps in the slot yeah. and 78 out wide. So my guess would be Marquise Brown moves to, I don't know, 50% in the slot and him and Watkins are kind of alternating the slot snaps and Bateman is pretty much outside only, uh, which isn't even, which is not even bad for someone of Bateman's target profile, because I mean, that introduces more volatility, but it would mean he was getting targeted down the field more often. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like I'm going to try to prioritize the Ravens, especially in MME. If you're building a single entry, it's going to be pretty hard to, to pick and choose, like either take the cheapest guy with Bateman or take the tight end position with Mark Andrews and hope for a ceiling game there. But um, in MME, I feel like the ownership on all these guys is going to be lower than their optimal lineup probability. And so spreading out around some Lamar single sacks, I think makes sense. He's basically a thousand dollar discount too from Josh Allen and not that much more than Jalen Hurts. So Lamar does seem like the best overall quarterback play on the slate. 
Yeah. And, and, and because of the way, you know, uh, ownership and everything is going to be distributed. I, I, I certainly don't think that you would have any thoughts of, of, you know, him being like too owned or, or too chalky or anything like that. And then on the Minnesota side, you, you know, your bringbacks are just so obvious, right? $7,500 Justin Jefferson, $6,900 Adam Thielen. I guess you could, you could play a $3,000 Tyler Conklin. Yeah. Those are probably um, the three guys. And I think those guys are fine for one-offs as well. Like Baltimore, you know, has basically shut down the bad offenses they've faced and they've given up some points to the good ones. So I think for Minnesota, because of how concentrated things can be in Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I think those guys are fine plays as one-offs or certainly key boost considerations for Lamar Stacks. Um, all right. Uh, well, what about, what about Dalvin? I mean, we have, we have Dalvin at what 7,700. This is basically about the cheapest that he will ever be. I know, I know you love yourself some 3% on Dalvin cook. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely do. I, like I was considering him a buy in some of the other, um, spots when he was coming back from injury. And so, um, I, I think cook for sure is in play. It's, I just in general still prefer playing, paying up at the wide receiver position over the running back position but it seems like Cook's going to be back into that role where he's playing 80% of snaps. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you are. Uh, I think you're, you're probably correct about that. All right. The Buffalo bills at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have moved Dawson Knox back into our projection. Seems like uh, he, he is, I think he has a, an injured hand unclear if he's going to be playing uh, with like a club on his hand or like what, what but I, I think he will probably be back out there. Um, Emmanuel Sanders airballed last week when people were on him, you know, he was like 14% owned in cash. He, he got Felt. the deep targets. He just didn't, he just did not catch any of them. Cole Beasley was the guy who had the huge game, 10 receptions for 110 yards. Uh, weirdly though, I feel like Beasley correlates with games where the bills are struggling to move the ball. And then in these games where they are like, you know, we would anticipate them just destroying the Jaguars. I feel like he has less of a role we thought Gabriel Davis would have, you know, a, a fantasy useful role with Dustin Knox out. And he, he did play more snaps. He yep. played, you know, 44% of the snaps. He was targeted five times, four receptions, 29 yards and a touchdown. He actually had another red zone touchdown, but I would imagine he would go back to, you know, a much, uh, you know, his, his 25% snap share that he was at before. Yeah, so he's probably the biggest thing for for Knox. It's really Gabe Davis. I think the the roles for Diggs, Manny Sanders, Beasley don't really change. They are priced up a little bit higher, I think, than they were last week, but still uh, definitely double stack considerations. Um, on the Jacksonville side, I guess the biggest news is whether or not James Robinson is going to be out for this game. If he is out, how much of the backfield share of carries Carlos Hyde takes and how much their Gunawanabole is. Uh, probably botched that but i tried and how much i, I of the really pass i really do takes. not think i really do not think dare is going to play all that much at all he played 15 snaps uh in a game they were trailing the entire time and you would think the game that they're trailing the entire time that's where they'd play dare but he got two rushes for nine yards and one target carlos hyde got nine targets eight targets six receptions yeah. 40 yards nine carries so basically you're you're basically asking yourself does that hold because carlos hyde you know, he, he's not showing up as like a, a value in the projections, but if he gets a, a 70% snap share here at 4,900 and gets five targets and certainly would get the first crack near the goal line. I mean, he could be, he could be the Michael Carter play from last week, basically. Definitely. So I think he's the guy you'd be interested in. If you are going to bring it back, you could potentially key boost him. If you assume he's going to have the pass catching role, which I think the, the early down work is guaranteed. The goal line work is guaranteed. It's really just how much of the 
pass catching role is going to be his. Um, I don't think they're going to play Divine Zigbo much, if at all. Uh, I don't think they will either. I think that was just like an emergency, whatever. So, um, yeah, on the Jacksonville side, probably the the main guy you're interested in. Um, It is a positive game script, right? Like for the wide receivers, they're going to have to throw. They have shown the willingness to throw when they get behind. And so I think you could potentially consider LaVisca or Jamal Agnew at 44 and 4,300 respectively. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely uh, disgusting, but Jamal Agnew at 4,300 is a better play than Lewisca Chenault. I mean, he's, he's leads them in targets their last two games, you know, f- for whatever reason, they, they like this guy. Uh, and then, I mean, Dan Arnold got priced up a little bit at 3,400, but he much, le- I mean, he led them in receiving last week. He was still in there in garbage time. He had three receptions on their final drive. Like, you know, tight end just lacks so many guys who can score points and Dan Arnold, I, I, I think I would do a bring back in Bill's doubles. Like if I was, if I was Josh Allen, uh, Steph Diggs and, and Manny Sanders, I, I would do, I would do a bring back here. There's, there's, a spot yeah, there's I'd enough feel options comfortable. for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Next game, the Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants. No, no Henry Ruggs in for the Las Vegas Raiders. So we have pretty good projections on Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards. Both of those guys rating is playable in tournaments. Darren Waller, you know, it's, it's so strange with him. The volume after that first game, we were like, oh my God, Darren Waller's going to have this incredible fantasy season with 19 targets in week one against the Ravens, uh, has not topped five receptions since then has not topped 65 yards since then has not topped eight targets since then has one touchdown since week one. You know, I, it, it, it's like the role is totally there. Like he's playing every snap pretty much. It's just the the target volume has not been there the way we expected it to be. Yeah. And even, I mean, it's not like it's been completely absent though. Like he's still getting 25% of the team's targets versus 30%. So it's like a decrease yeah. in his role, but not a totally ghosting it. Um, it definitely, it seems like a lot of that volume has shifted towards Hunter Renfro. You're not getting a price discount on Waller. I think is the biggest thing. He's still 6,200, which is close to the peak price that he was when he was crushing last season. So um, I guess more interested in Renfro, Brian Edwards. Edwards I think what yeah. we're assuming right now is that Brian Edwards moves from like 10 to 12% of targets up to like where Ruggs was at 14 to 15%. Zay Jones probably plays in every down role now. So he's probably a 10% of target guy. Um, I guess a little bit worried just about the the spot. Like, I, I don't think it's the best spot for them with everything that's going on this week with the team, you know, going across, playing a road game. It'll be whatever the Northeastern temperatures are this time of year so um i'm not yeah, lot, lots of weird just lots of weird context for this yeah. game for the raiders yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if there was like a if they just fail right because there's so much going on but um i don't know on the giant side i think the biggest question is the injuries right like saquon barkley sterling shepherd Kadarius tony like what uh yeah i mean if, if saquon what do you feel plays, like you know right now yeah if saquon plays at 6800 I mean, I would think he would basically be a smash. Like he'd probably be one of my favorite tournament plays. And then the the weird thing was Kadarius Tony was uh, a backup before before Sterling Shepard got hurt in that last game. It's like they were kind of they were trying to like keep him on a pitch count. He ended up playing um, fifty seven percent of the snaps. Was targeted five times. Actually threw a, a pass on a trick play. But before Sterling Shepard got that quad injury, it looked like they were trying to play him behind Dante Pettis behind John Ross and behind Sterling Shepard. Now, apparently Galladay has a chance to get back this week. They might rest him because they have a bye next week, so they might choose to hold him out one more week. But if their receiving grouping is Galladay, Slayton, Tony, 
Ingram, who did not get traded yesterday, and Barkley's back. Like that is, I, I, I would not be interested in playing Tony at 5,200. But if Galladay's out, Barkley's out, Sterling Shepard, we think is going to be out for a while, then, then Tony becomes more interesting. Well, and I think the biggest thing is that Shepard was playing ahead of Tony in the slot. And that slot. was something when they were missing like Galladay, but Shepard came back and Tony was active before they kicked Tony out wide. And so when both guys were limited, it looked like Shepard was going to play the slot. And it does feel like that slot role has been the one that sees 25% of the team's targets, whether or not it's Shepard or Tony. So some interest in Tony, if Shepard is out, even if Galladay is back, I think he does. Assuming he's fully healthy practices in full, like on Thursday and Friday, then I think he probably takes over that slot role, which has been a pretty valuable one. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm on board. You interested with that. in Dana Jones at all? No, no. I think the, I think the best punt quarterback play 5,600 is pretty cheap. I think two is the best yeah. punt quarterback play. And I, I'm not, you know, if I sure, if you're, if you're MME and Daniel Jones, single sacks with the Raiders bring back, hope he runs for a touchdown, but in single entry three max, I don't think he, he enters the conversation. Uh, okay. Pretty interesting game here with Denver and Dallas. I, I actually failed you because I didn't make, this update to the projections, but Noah Fant has been placed on the COVID list. Mm. So he, and I, I, it's not clear from the articles if he's vaccinated or not, but even these vaccinated guys who've tested positive early in the week, we have not seen them been able to come back and play on the weekend. So they're down to Albert Okuibunum and Eric Sobert uh, as their only tight ends and and Akui Boonham has been playing a ton of snaps anyways but he's mostly been used as a blocker he came back um from ran a bunch the, of routes from, last week yeah he came when well, he came back from, well he ran a bunch of routes yeah uh weird weird game against Washington but played uh 49 of the snaps I I actually think he would be the Dan Arnold from last week where he just ends up being super chalky so I need to get that updated in the yeah, projections and we also we also saw Judy come back it was a weird game plan because uh, Teddy basically was not forced to throw in that game, but Judy came back basically to the role that he was playing in week one. You know, he played 72% of the snaps, was targeted four times all out of the slot, caught all of them and did not, get, you know, he's 50, he's 5,000. He was um, 4,900 last week. I, I think that Judy and Okui Boonham look like just, I mean, perfect bringbacks here for your Cowboy stuff. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And the Cowboy stuff is is going to be interesting to figure out too, because the price tag in Amari Cooper is going to lead to him being one of the highest owned wide receivers on the slate. So uh, I think you're right with Judy. There was even like he was limited in practice Friday because they were kind of resting him. They, I think there was some concern going into last week that maybe he wouldn't play like a full allotment, but it didn't look like they were easing him back in too much. So um, yeah, for the Cowboys, I think we're projecting Dak to be active for this game right now obviously some risk to that, but he is 6,900. And then Amari Cooper is just 5,700. Yeah, the Cooper just... and Lamb should, they should be priced within $300 of each other, any slate. And there's like a $1,500 difference in price. Doesn't really make any sense, um, but it's going to lead to Cooper being, it's going to be like insane, one of the top insane, three. Insane yeah. chalk. And it's going to lead to Lamb being under owned too. For sure. Yeah. So, so, uh, which is not even to say that Lamb is like a, a smash at no. his price because he's not. But it's just, I mean, you know that both of those guys, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, have, you know, slate, slate breaking 30 ceilings. Point, you know, like 30 both, ceilings, yeah, yeah. Both of them can can have a, you know, a Cooper Cup game or whatever. Um, so I, I, I actually, and, and Gallup can come back this week um, and he's priced at 3,900. So he is, he, they, they designated him to return. Um, 
He was not activated last week, but he was back at practice. So Gallup could pretty easily be back this week at 3,900. And I, I do, you know, the Dalton Schultz thing has been fun and, and all that, but I do think Gallup's return is going to really diminish Dalton Schultz's role. That, that would be what I would expect. Yeah, I agree with that general take. And outside the wide receivers, um, you know, maybe Zeke and the ceiling just because there's like rush touchdown equity, especially in FanDuel. But Zeke, yeah. I, Zeke, I think is a really strong play. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Lamb, it, it seems like Lamb should be a priority for tournaments. He's a good play anyways, and then it's going to provide direct leverage off of Mari Cooper. Yeah, uh, I am, I'm on board with that. All right, next game, Atlanta at New Orleans. Atlanta uh, without Calvin Ridley. Yeah. You know, they're all that we have all their wide receivers projected uh, like shit, right? All, all below, all below six. Except six for one man, your Eskimo brother, running back slash wide receiver hybrid. Yeah, but he he doesn't project that well because one, because the defensive matchup is terrible. And then two, he went back into a 50-50 timeshare with Mike Davis last week after it trending the other direction where he was out carrying and out targeting Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis only had four touches in week seven. But then my Davis was, you know, in there in garbage time, catching check downs and stuff. And, and for a big chunk of the game, I uh, had more rushes than Patterson. I, I think both of them are, are kind of interesting plays. I think that $5,900 Kyle Pitts, you know, I know we're talking about a Falcons team with an 18 point team total against this really good defense, but yeah. Pitts, Pitts can just break the slate whenever, but I, I am not tremendously interested in anyone other than that. And I'm not really interested on anyone on New Orleans either because Taysom is just going to take all the fantasy points. I mean, he's just going to take all of them. <laughs> well, Taysom, I mean, it's so I guess like cash game lineups, like Taysom probably is in consideration if you're spending yeah. down, like you're choosing between two a Taysom Daniel Jones, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have not, uh, I've not like started to build cash out or anything, but it would not surprise me if Taysom is the cash game quarterback du jour, but I, yeah. I do not like him in tournaments though, because I don't, I, who would you stack him with? I mean, yeah. Uh, well, and that's part of like the conversation. And I think like Daniel Jones versus Tua is close, but I do agree with what you've been saying is like the pass rate for Tua and the dolphins has been high. So if Tua does get there, He's likely bringing two or three people along for the I mean, ride 20, with him. 23, 23 combined, uh, 23 combined targets for Devontae Parker and Jalen yeah. Waddle last week. Whereas, like, if Taysom gets there, like, he's probably not bringing anyone with him. Like, Kamara is now splitting some of the backfield with Mark Ingram. We've had issues in the past with Taysom not targeting the running back position quite as frequently as other quarterbacks. And then, yeah, so if Taysom gets there, like, it's going to be as a one-off and he'd have to outscore the other plays of the position by like 10 points for me to want to pass up on all the correlation. The other guys potentially bring with them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you, are you interested at all in Deontay Harris after his, his performance last week? I think he got nine targets. No, probably not. I mean, like that, that stuff is going to be pretty volatile. Um, yeah. And uh, game script where they should be able to run more, especially like we probably need to revisit uh, maybe you already did, but the run pass ratio yeah, pretty heavy with Taysom there, especially. They were already run heavy, but they're going to get even more so. Yeah. Um, all right. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Got to be honest. There, there are two guys who I think are, are playable in this game, and they're Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I'm not Odell, not doing it. Landry, not doing it. Chubb, not doing it. Oh, I, I know. Just, I'm going to do it with Chubb. Yeah, I'm just not I just interested. Know. 70% but... of the team's carries last week, 6,700, a bit much, but... 
uh, I'm just going to end up playing leverage Chubb until until he happens to score two touchdowns. Not yeah, a single I entry mean, play, but I'm just I know I'm going to be like he's going to be two percent owned. Like I'm going to play ten percent and my MME runs and just like it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if T. Higgins is ever going to make good on these prayer yards. Like, is T. Higgins ever <laughs> is T. Higgins ever going to have the game that we need him to have? Like, he, he needs to he needs to be twenty percent owned. We need like people to be pumping his bags like all week. If he gets to twenty percent owned, like Michael Pittman was last week, T. will break like, the slate. He, he has the same receptions per game as Jamar Chase, and he has half the yards per game. Like, it's absurd how much Chase has been owning him. Yeah, well, yeah, Chase with the yak has been has been crazy, and then Chase has also been stealing some of the touchdown equity from from T as well. T was, you know, the touchdown guy in the offense last year. Ran really hot and has run obviously less hot there, but fifty three hundred for like the same target percentage as Jamar Chase. Like, like I don't know, T's gonna get there eventually. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope so. I will I will probably be playing him again. It's the Pittman week. spot, right? Like he's yeah he's. 5,300. They've got a 25 point team total. Like the volumes there. I don't know. The volume. I mean, the volume has been there. He had six targets last week. I mean, he did get, he bailed a lot of us out in cash who played him with the 54 yard reception, but like they keep targeting in the end zone and everything too. It just has not quite happened. Uh, Houston at Miami. So uh, Tyrod Taylor is maybe going to be back for this game. They have not said either way yet. The The line to me actually indicates that he will be because Miami is only six and a half point favorites here. And I it, that might even get short. I mean, Miami's been really bad. Um, but, you know, Tua is 5,800. Waddle is 5,600. Devontae Parker is 5,300. Mike Kosicki is 4,900. So you have your double stacks there. You, you know, like literally there is a bring back on the Houston Texans. There's one guy and that is Brandon cooks. They gave four running backs touches last week. No one got over five touches. They, they just played Brevin Jordan instead of Farrell Brown. Like you're, you're, you're not Nico Collins, Danny Amendola. None, none of that. You know, it's cooks. I don't even think you have to do the bring back, but I, you know, the Dolphins defense has been so bad that I, I won't even say you can't, but the, the Dolphins have just been so pass heavy and the Texans defense has been so bad. Like I, I can see Tua having similar results here to what he did against Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely in consideration. The other guy, I mean, you went through like, these guys are all like in the 5k range too, or a little bit cheaper in, in terms of Jasicki, but um, they're all there where they're affordable as part of balanced lineup bills. They can be played as one-offs. They can be double stacked in a pretty cheap manner with Tua. I like Miles Gaskin as well. And, and he only saw 50% of the team's carries um with Malcolm Brown out last week so it was Ahmed who kind of got a spike but um but Gaskin was the red zone guy like he out touched Ahmed seven to one in the red zone he had four red zone touches the week before so um we talk about like a positive game script for running backs or 27 point team total you get the goal line work some passing game work for him as well so he's not like a zero in the passing game uh, and it feels like a really good spot for Gaskin yeah um yeah, that, that's all I got. Another another game with literally, I, I literally don't think there is a single play in New England versus well, so the, I, I mean, mean, Christian McCaffrey might be back for this game. So and he's 8,000. So um, you'd be getting McCaffrey back. You'd probably be getting a little bit of an ownership discount because there's concerns about the workload. Um, but like if he's back and 
I don't know, I, and you assume full workload, like he's going to be in play 8,000 regardless of matchup. We don't really have a real team or game total in our optimizer on this yet, just because I think it's off until you know for sure what the news is on um, the injury side of the ball. So we've just got it defaulted to 18 points. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, of course we would love to play McCaffrey here at, at, at 18 at, um, at 8,000, but I don't know. I mean, they, they've been so weird with all DJ Moore 6,400 dude. You're not at, at least a little bit interested in DJ Moore at 6,400. Like the so Patriots was, D is good, <laughs> but it's not like right DJ Moore off the entire slate. At no, it's not. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots defense. I just like the, the Panthers are done throwing the ball. Like they are, they are a, they're a run, run pass team. I mean, you, for sure. That's how it's been. And I think with CMC back, I don't know, like we had talked when he was injured, like how much of the efficiency of the passing game was attributable to him. And then Darnold tanks immediately after, like if he's back, does that open things back up for the passing game and DJ Moore? Like, I think you could make an argument. It does. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I guess like at 6,400, a guy with that target share is value. It's, it's like Brandon cooks. Like literally that's what it is. It's he just has this insane target share and this awful passing offense. Um, but yeah, it's it's, just, it's not the greatest of spots. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, finally, a more reasonable price for both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You know, both of them seem like fine um, tournament options. And and Eckler at Eckler at seventy nine hundred seems uh, a bit rich to me. But the Eagles' defense is terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I honestly, the, the I feel like every week for the past three weeks i've been stacking the quarterback whose team rushes for like four touchdowns last week it was jalen hurts unbelievable oh. <laughs> the jalen hurts lamar jackson back-to-back week combo of, yeah of the rushing touchdowns from all the i mean the the second jordan howard touchdown i was just like we can't get hurts one I <laughs> especially can't even, like I can't the first salvage. boston scott yeah. one was like right after rager had like we thought scored a touchdown scored and turns touchdown. out he doesn't and he's hurt so it's just like just mega tilt but I mean, Hertz's his price at 6,700 is still like, I mean, he's going to be in play basically every slate at that level. Yeah. Uh, all right. So it's, it's hard to say anything about the next game because the line is assuming that uh, I guess is Brett Hundley, the Cardinals backup. No, Jordan, Chris Streveler is the backup quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray apparently suffered like a, a small knee injury yeah. last week. We, we still have Kyler in just cause we, we don't know. Um, you know, I, I get, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, the line feels like he's not going to play, right? Yeah. The line feels like he's not going to play, but, and of course, no, they would be three point favorites. I think like he's going to be six Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is actually the backup. Um, so, you know, no, I don't think any Cardinal would be, would be playable there, but the, the 49er side of the ball becomes interesting if Kyler doesn't play because Elijah Mitchell has basically had, I mean, not he's had like Ezekiel Elliott's workload. Like he's just getting like, he's getting like 18 carries a game. He's got the hundred yard bonus in two games straight rushing touchdown in two games straight. Trey Sermon has not played a snap in the last two games. Hasty is playing the passing downs, but we wouldn't really, you know, it's, it's actually, it's the Damian Harris. He's just Damian Harris is, is what he is right now. Um, For a team that runs the ball more. Yeah. And, and um, he's more explosive than Harris too. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to Perez shift the Millie with Eli Mitchell, Michael Carter last week. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, 5,800, a little bit, it's like, like you said, Damian Harris, that starts to become an uncomfortable price because they have to get to hundred yards and, or score multiple touchdowns. It's probably a dog to do that, but, um, but it's definitely in play. So yeah, Eli Mitchell, I think 
like Debo Samuel continue. Like he's going to be, I don't, I just can't see people paying up for Debo Samuel at no, 7,800 either. Well, so. and because he doesn't look that great from a projections perspective, because the 49ers as like, I mean, they don't have a huge team total. We have them as a run heavy team and Debo stuff is like breaking projection systems. He he's averaging um, like 18.6 yards per reception on and he's like catching everything like it he's 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 probably likely to regress in terms of like some of those deeper passes are going to hit the turf you know he's not going to break seven tackles or it's it's kind of what we saw with jamar chase last week like jamar chase finally had a more reasonable fantasy game because he didn't have an 80 yard touchdown at yeah. uh at george, some Kitt- point. george kittle back this week too yeah. so yeah. we'll be interesting to see how their offense evolves and yeah the other way of running back can fail is if they have explosive plays in the past game which both Debo Samuel and George Kittle and and by the way Brandon Ayuk now now I mean he really is his second game as a full-time wide receiver seven targets four receptions 45 yards um it was their primary punt returner caught a two-point conversion um he is 4100 I I am maybe a little bit interested in in buying on Ayuk makes makes sense um yeah, I guess the Arizona side, I think Chase Edmonds, if it does become like a Colt McCoy checkdown game where they're behind in a negative game script, I think he's possibly in consideration at the running back position. Rondo Moore is now down to 4,200, so he's in MME consideration. Yeah. Um, all right, so I, I'm going to break some news to you here on the show. Green Bay, Kansas City is our, our final game. Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID, is non-vaccinated, he's out. For Sunday so it's going to be Jordan Love against the Kansas City Chiefs defense Jordan Love is 4400 on DraftKings and I don't know if they would let him run the way Lance ran but if he does run the way Lance ran he like it's a little like the Jordan Love thing is a little interesting to me against this Chiefs defense yeah I mean the total of this game was at 54 and a half it was like a basically a pick em on the spread I'm guessing this ends up being like a six point swing in the team total for the Packers my guess would be down to like 20 21 points moving from Rodgers to Jordan Love but that price if you talk take the name out of consideration you know more about Jordan Love as a prospect than I do besides the fact that they were considering turning the team over to him but 4400 for a quarterback with a 21 point team total in a positive game script and is easily stackable with Devonta Adams uh it's definitely going to be interesting so uh yeah I mean Love will provide a ton of salary flexibility in the slate. What percentage of the market share of rush would you consider giving love in a baseline? Like 15% or are you thinking like more? I mean, honestly, like, I don't know that much about him. Uh, like I know he's like a big dude, uh, but it, like, so his rushing in college was nothing like Lance. Like he, in, in three seasons, he ran for nine touchdowns and 403 yards, you know, even, even with the, the sack yardage, um, you know, replace like it, it's not, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that much. Like I, so I, I can't say I know a ton about him, but I, I would say that he probably can do it. I mean, he's huge, dude. He's six, five, 230 pounds. Like he's a giant guy, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, he, I, he, I really he, don't know. 50, 15% yeah, Devante, Devante. probably sounds right. Which even at 4,400, like Taysom is probably a better play for a thousand more. I don't know. I, I mean, he's going to be more stackable though. Um, and with both because of Devonta Adams, but just the, the salary flexibility and then the bringbacks on the Kansas city side. So 
yeah, if you want to, if you're talking cash games or you want to one off with some stability, I think that's fine to play Taysom. But I think in tournaments, you can do a lot with a $4,400 quarterback. So um, I guess on the Kansas City side, Clyde Edwards Hilaire might be back this week. So wait and see that can save us the pain of Derek Gore stealing red zone touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl at 5,700 as a, as a seven point home favorite against Jordan love. I mean, yeah. And you just know Derek Gore is coming in there and, and scoring, you know, a a three yard rushing touchdown. I mean, Daryl still out snapped him. He got 19 touches to Derek Gore's 11 was used. You know, I I don't believe Derek Gore was not targeted. Darrell Williams, you know, the clear passing down back. And I guess, you know, if you were wanting to be optimistic about the Darrell Williams plays is, is McKinnon just like they, he, he dusted off. He, he dropped the, he dropped that pass in the end zone. It like bounced off his face mask. And then they were, they were like, all right, well, we're, we're not playing this dude anymore. He's done. Yeah. 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 Green Bay um, should be fully healthy at wide receiver. They've low key got COVID running through the team for like three or four weeks. Now Malik Taylor was out. Then Devonta Adams out, Alan Lazard out. So that's the wide receiver room. And then Rogers out. So it's been going through the team for a few weeks now. So hopefully it's done, but um, they do have Lazard MVS should both be active for this game. In addition to Devonta Adams. So at least some good weapons for Jordan love. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I guess that is, that is now a much more interesting question is, is Tyreek still the stone cold lockiest of locks ever, even if we make Kansas city more run heavy I mean, Tyreek had 19 targets last week. He seems yeah. like the only guy that that Mahomes trusts at this point. Is Kelsey dust? Dude, he got thrown to the ground by like a 190-pound cornerback. And I was just <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, it, it, it feels like Kelsey, like it feels like an overreaction. But, if, you know, if you look at Kelsey's results this year, he has two 100-yard games. They came in week two and week three. He, the, these are some TJ Hawkinson ass results the last month of the season, basically. So like, I don't know if he's dust, but I mean, the guy's 32. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like, you, you know, he is, he's, he's closer in age to Larry Fitzgerald than to Tyree kill. If that, if that helps anyone, you know, put, put that stuff in context. Like I think Tyreek is still probably a lock. The guy who becomes um, the, the tournament play here is, is Devonta Adams, who is going to see a huge reduction in ownership. Uh, and and his per, his projection is going to get nuked too because the Green Bay is just going to be so much less efficient. Yeah, we were probably headed to a place where like ownership was split at the top end, spend up wide receiver between Tyreek and Devonta Adams, and probably now it you know if if before they were both going to be twenty percent, probably now Devonta is ten percent, Tyreek kind of up in like twenty five. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I guess that makes Adams a, a more interesting, especially because this is a a Cooper Cupless slate which we we have not had in a while so yeah can't, I, I can't think, say i'm missing cooper cup on the main slate to be honest it's, it's amazing to not have to make that decision for sure for sure and yeah they're not i mean no derrick henry on the slate either so a spend up position that or running back eliminated as well so i think a lot of people probably allocating some of their exposure to the wide receivers and tyree kill stands out now especially with the Devonta adams news yeah all right. Uh, so interesting. Lots of, a lot of moving pieces. There's like four or five key pieces, running backs yeah. that could come back this week. That would change things. A couple wide receivers and then this big quarterback change as well. So a lot of moving pieces for sure. Um, and it's, it's only Wednesday, plenty more to come. Yeah. Um, all right. 
there we go, everyone. DailyRoto.com. We'll have you guys updated on everything for the rest of the week as we as we figure out these injuries and, and all that stuff. And we'll be back on Friday. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 